Welcome to Cross Communities Podcast. We're glad you're here to listen today. We would love to connect with you today for listening to our podcast. Please fill out a connect card on our website at c3naz.net. You can also support the ministries of Cross Community by giving online on our website. We hope that today's message will strengthen your faith and help you to love God and people more. So glad that all of you are here today, and today we start our 21 days. Ian, that's the wrong one. Uh, That was last week. We need uh, number two, 21 days part two. All right, uh, but we... uh, we are starting today. Last week, we got set up and talked about what prayer and fasting and things along those lines are all about. And some of you had questions, but today starts our 21 days. We wanted to take last week, those seven days, to just get ready to talk with God about what He was laying on our hearts to fast, uh, to give up intentionally with the hope of leaning in and growing closer to Jesus. And so hopefully you've had some good conversation with God and, and you're ready to begin today. Today is day one. We begin those 21 days right now. And I am glad that you are here right at the beginning. And it's not too late. You can participate with us. But I want us to remember a few things, that fasting is temporarily laying aside something in order to move closer to Jesus. Now, typically when we talk about fasting, we think about food, but it doesn't have to just be food, okay? It can include food, but maybe it's not all food, but maybe you're going to fast a meal a day. Maybe you're going to give up social media in order to just spend more time uh, getting closer to Jesus. Maybe you're going to give up coffee. Maybe you're going to give up sweets. Maybe you need to give up news, whichever news cycle you watch, in order to grow closer to Jesus. Maybe you're going to give up all the focus on politics in order to grow closer to Jesus. Maybe you're going to give up a bad habit. There's something that you've just said it feels like it's in the way between me and my relationship with Jesus. This would be a great time to just lay it aside. Even right now, you're just going to say it's temporary. But maybe in these 21 days of growing closer to Jesus, you won't have to pick that back up again. There are many ways that you can participate in fasting. Remember that the focus of fasting is on opening up to Jesus, not on what you are giving up. We just want you to participate and be with us. We're also reading scripture together. We have 25 days uh, of both in the Old Testament and the New Testament. We hope this becomes a really good pattern of reading scripture every day. And so I want you to know there are resource guides that are printed at the Welcome Center. If you want to join us for that, you can pick one of those up or you can email Deidre in the office and she'll make sure you get a digital copy and you just there's the email go ahead and take your snap your photo of it or it's on the website you can go there but if you email she will send that resource out to you and you can use that right where you are we are also going to be praying together each day and and we're going to have a different theme each week week one is we're praying God give us a heart for your house 
That's what we want to see. We're going to look more in detail at that today. Week two, we're going to be praying that God would fill fill your house, God. Fill it with hurting people. Fill it with praise. Fill it with purpose. We want that to be the praise. That's going to be next week. And then week three, we're praying specifically, God, wake us up. Wake us up and make us ready to do whatever it is that you are calling us to do. But today... We are leaning into and we're going to be discussing what it means to pray, God, give us a heart for your house. Are you ready? Well, let's jump in. Let's dive in, but let's begin with a brief prayer. Lord Jesus, open our ears today that we might hear you. Open our hearts that we might receive from you. Open our eyes that we might see you. And help us to receive with love this difficult message from the prophet Jeremiah. May it challenge us, inspire us, and may your spirit give us the courage to say yes and to begin praying to have a heart for your house. For we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jeremiah never wanted to be a prophet. He didn't know what it was like to not be a prophet. He didn't train for it. He didn't study for it. He didn't go to prophetic seminary in order to learn how to be a prophet. This was something that was thrust upon him. He was born with it. In fact, it was even before he was born. He writes about this, about what God said to him. He said, before you were born, I set you apart. And I appointed you, Jeremiah, as a prophet to the nations. God gave the words and Jeremiah was to speak them. We see in Jeremiah chapter 1 verses 9 and 10 that he said, Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words into your mouth. So today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Many of us would be like, wow, that sounds awesome. Wish I could do that. It wasn't as fun for Jeremiah. In fact, there were times that he didn't like this job that was given to him or appointed to him before he was born. He didn't like having those words in his mouth, but he kept speaking them. In fact, we see his frustration in in chapter 20 and verse 9 when he says, But if I say, I will not mention his words or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire. A fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. That's quite, quite a burden. And so Jeremiah spoke God's words. Whatever word God put into his mouth, he kept on speaking them. He may not have wanted to be a prophet, but God used him in that capacity. And one day, God told him to go and proclaim his words in the gates of his house. So off he went on a journey to the temple in Jerusalem. And I'm sure as he was journeying that way, although we're not told, I can't help but think that he would, from a long way off, 
be able to see this structure. The temple in Jerusalem at that time was the tallest structure for miles and miles and miles around. It would have been visible from a long way off. And as he looked up there, he would have seen the smoke rising from the sacrifices, a symbol of God's presence. And I wonder if he thought, as he looked, there is the majestic house of God, where God's presence is here on earth among us. And I I wonder if he thought what people would have been thinking in his day. That it is so good that the temple is in our city. Because God's presence is in the temple, I'm sure God cares about his house. And so we have safety and security because God is in his house. And he won't let any, surely he wouldn't let anything happen to his house. And the, the even better part of that is that God's temple is in our city. So surely... God would not let anything ever happen to Jerusalem. I mean, that's just good logical thinking, right? But as he made his way, I'm sure that he could see off in the distance some other smoke that was rising in the high places where people who were convinced they had the security base covered could know that, oh, well, but I've heard that this other God is the one who's in charge of fertility And I need family to help me raise my crops. And so maybe I just need to go up there and venture up there a little bit and and give a little bit to that God, to to Asherah. Or or maybe over here I I have those crops and we're all farmers and we need the rain and I I hear that Baal is in charge of that one. And so maybe if I make my way up there, I can do that. I'm sure I'll I'll come down and, and talk with Yahweh in the city, in the house, in the temple, but, but I really want to make sure my crops grow, so, so maybe I'll go up there. As he continued in, he would have walked through the first gate and entered into the outer courts of the temple, where I'm sure that he saw all the business of the day going on. Because, see, you couldn't use other money. You had to use specific money for the temple. And so you would need those things to be changed. You needed to, you could, if you had come from a long way off, you couldn't take a, a sheep or a goat or a, or a cow or pigeons with you the whole way. And so you were there to make sure you had your sacrifice and were ready to go in. I'm sure he saw all the bartering and all the business going on of that day. And he probably wondered, wow, are we aware of what is happening just up there? Who is in that beautiful building? He probably made his way, and as he would have made his way from the outer court, he would have been able to see the palace of the king right there, because it was just off the side of the temple. And I wondered if he thought, oh, this message that I have, these words that God has given to me, oh, it's going to say something to the person up there. There's probably dealings going on, and he might be on his balcony, he might, he might actually hear what God is making me say in the temple today. I wonder if that made him worry just a little bit of how difficult his life might get. But then he would have made his way up and started into the inner parts of the temple area. He would have walked through the the colonnades of the portico of Solomon where the rabbis would be lined up with their teachers and they would be lined up in order of their status of who was older and who was more educated. And they would have gathered their little groups together and there would be all this teaching that was going on about the Bible. And I wonder if Jeremiah looked and said, wow, look at all the status. 
Look at all of what is going on right here. And he would have moved in just a little bit closer to where he could now probably smell the smoke from the sacrifices that were being offered to God on the altar. And my hunch is he saw the priests. He saw all that was happening there. And as he moved in, he stood in the gate of the Lord's house where God had called him. And he proclaimed in a loud voice to all those who were outside in the outer gates and those who were in the inner gates, to those who were offering the sacrifices and those who were offering them. He gave this sermon that is written down for us in Jeremiah chapter 2. Or chapter 7, beginning at verse 2. He said, The Lord said, Stand at the gate of the Lord's house, and there proclaim these words. And Jeremiah stood there saying, Hear the word of the Lord. All you people of Judah who come through these gates to worship the Lord. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Reform your ways and your action, and I will let you live in this place. Do not trust in these deceptive words and say, this is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. If you really change your ways and your actions and deal with each other justly, if you do not oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, or the widow, and do not shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not follow other gods to your own harm, then I will let you live in this place, in the land that I gave to your ancestors forever and ever. But look, you are trusting in deceptive words that are worthless. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, burn incense to Baal and follow other gods you have not known? And then come and stand before me in this house which bears my name and say, we're safe, safe to do all these detestable things. Has this house which bears my name become a den of robbers to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord. Go now to the place in Shiloh where I made a dwelling for my name first and see what I did to it because of the wickedness of my people Israel. While you were doing all these things, declares the Lord, I spoke to you again and again, but you did not listen. I called you, but you did not answer. Therefore, what I did to Shiloh, I will now do to the house that bears my name, the temple you trust in, The place I gave to you and to your ancestors. It's the word of God for the people of God here and online. And our response is, thanks be to God. And, ouch. I'm sure that that message didn't go down very well. I'm sure you could hear the record needle scratch across as he began to talk about the temple in Shiloh that had been destroyed in the years previous. That Jerusalem had used as an excuse to say, we are that much better. We're still here. And to hear this message would have shaken people to the core. I mean, in essence, Jeremiah's sermon in a nutshell was, y'all don't have a heart for my house, you have a heart for yourselves, and you're using my house to cover up your actions. That's a tough message. 
That's probably why Jeremiah ended his days as a foreigner being led captive away to Egypt. They didn't want this kind of message. Who does? It's hard. He was saying to them, to their faces, they didn't trust God, they trusted their military and king. They didn't trust God, they trusted their status and their wealth. They didn't trust God, they trusted in the alliances they were trying to build with other nations. They didn't trust God, they were trusting their traditions. Whether they were founded on God's word or not. And Jeremiah comes in and holds up a mirror to them. And they're forced to look into it. And like you and like me, we would rather smash the mirror than work on changing who we see there. It was tough. And when the Babylonians began to come with their battering rams, none of the things that they had put their trust in could save them. Their status was of no avail. Their traditions were of no avail. Their wealth was of no avail. Their kings and the alliances that they had trusted were of no avail. In fact, the only one who could have saved them at that point had been in the temple waiting for their trust all along. And yet a different prophet, Ezekiel, said that he saw that presence go ahead of of Judah into exile to wait for them. It was as if God was saying, I need to take away and strip away all the things that you're placing your trust in that are not going to lead to life. And I'm going to journey ahead, back out into the desert. That is our story, Israel. That's where we, you and I do our work together. That is the place in exile where there's nothing to trust in except for me. That is where we will again learn how to live out this faith in our world. And so the Babylonians came, and everything was torn down. And they were led away captive to Babylon, where they lived for quite a while. And it was there that their hearts were again turned toward the God who had called them out of Egypt so long ago. So, for us today... Is this just a nice history lesson? Nope. It's not. Because I think there is something in Jeremiah's message that speaks to us today. I know it did for me as I was preparing. Because, folks, I hope it's okay for me to say this today, but I feel like often we, you and I, fall into the same patterns. That that in the the church today, there is often a lot more talk about what elephants and donkeys are doing in Washington, D.C. than what the Lamb of God is doing in Kalamazoo and in our hearts today. I think in the church today, there is often more interest in the secret documents of presidents than there is about the Scripture and about the Savior that those Scriptures point to. In the church today, we say we believe in a God who so loved the world, all of it, yet we still pick and choose who we think is worthy 
worthy of that love in God's name. In the church today, there's often more energy for culture wars than for Christ and for His kingdom. In the church today, there is often more anger and outrage than there is a call for atonement and obedience. In the church today, there is often more desire for security and certainty than for the salvation of souls, for service to others, for surrender to God, or to sanctification's deep inner healing. In the church today, we're often more worried about wokeness in our culture than we are about being fully awake and alive in the Holy Spirit's power right here in the church today. In the church today, church often becomes just one more thing on our calendar instead of another opportunity to encounter the Christ who loves us and gave His life for us. It's a hard message to look in a mirror and realize that my actions reveal my allegiances, that my words reveal who I worship, that my treasures reveal my trust and where it truly lies, that my hopes reveal my heart, that my attitudes reveal who I adore most. I know this is hard to hear. Prophecy is painful, folks. You know that the prophets were the critics, right? How many of you like critics? It's hard. And as I was challenged by this message, I found myself longing to smash the mirror because that seemed easier than allowing God to work on the image that is found there. And yet the call, Jeremiah can't shut it up. He has to let it out or it will burn him and consume him from the inside. But folks, this is why I need. This is why we as a church, we online, why we need 21 days of prayer and of fasting. It is inviting Jesus to fire up the wrecking ball and the bulldozer and come demolish anything that I am placing my trust in that is not you. And it's hard for us to do that. And I hope that you can hear That when Jesus fires up the wrecking ball, he does it with our greatest needs at the forefront of his mind and his heart. His desire, he would say, is that you would have life and life to the full. But he would also say, all those things that we've talked about, they cannot give you Life. Only I can. So come and learn my ways. And that's why we need these 21 days and why we are taking this week. We're praying for God to renew a heart for His house right here today among us. Now I want to qualify some of this because this is not about physical attendance. If you're a part of our online campus, this is not some sneaky way to get you back in the building. Because honestly, think about it. A building has always just been a symbol for God's presence. 
We come here, we set this, we sacrifice so this building could be built so that we could gather together and celebrate and remember that God's presence can be with us everywhere. Not just here for one hour on Sunday. So what does it mean then to have a heart for God's house? It's to have a heart for His presence. And it's His presence that we need. It's His presence that we need for our families. It's His presence that we need for our workplaces. It's His presence that we need for our school. It's His presence that we need as we face the challenges, the wounding, the hurts, the things that are there in our world. It is His presence that will strengthen us and help us all the way through. Y'all are real quiet today. But the truth of the matter is, we must let go in order to grow. Can you just say that with me out loud? I want to make sure you all are still awake. Ready? One, two, three. We must let go in order to grow. Say it one more time. One, two, three. We must let go in order to grow. If we want to grow closer, we lay aside and let go of anything. That hinders that growth. So each day of this week, we will pray about letting go in a very specific way. And so today, here is our prayer. Because we're beginning today. Are you ready? You may want to take a picture of this with your, just take it with you. Or I'm sure it will be on Facebook later on today. Because we're going to put these out there every day. But today, Jesus, help us let go of our focus on government. In order to focus on your grace, your goodness, and your glory. Which is a fancy way of saying presence. Jesus, help us let go of our focus on government in order to focus on your grace, your goodness, and your glory. That's our prayer for this week. It will be posted on Facebook. It can be emailed to you if you would like that. Just put that in your Connect card or email Deidre in the office. We want to make sure that everybody, we're in this together. And you can add more to that or less to that than you want. But we want to just invite you to begin to pray this prayer today. Tomorrow there will be something else that we're asking Jesus to help us let go of in order to be captured By his presence. Okay. That feels like a place to be done. And so would you stand and let's pray. It's a tough message. I I wish there was a way that I could be up here and sitting right down there at the same time. Because I needed to hear Jeremiah's message this week. I hope that you receive this prickly prophecy. With the encouragement of Jesus, the one who gave his life for you, that you will lean in to the life that he offers and offers to you today. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, it's hard to hear the words of Jeremiah. 
even thousands of years after they were proclaimed. So today, we want to receive your invitation to remove anything that's getting in the way of the life you have for us. So come. Start up the wrecking ball and the bulldozer if you need to. I want to let go of anything that might hinder the life you are offering today. Take this week of prayer and give us, give me a heart for your house. A longing to be in your presence. A longing to be among your people where we can celebrate and laugh and cry and encourage one another together. And where we can once again align our heart to your good news. That we might go out and be sent out to announce your presence, your healing, your hope through serving others. Through meeting needs and yes, even through proclaiming who you are to us. I pray that you would bless those who have listened to this message. May it challenge us. And may we receive your grace to live this out in our everyday life. For we pray and ask these things in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. One God forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. Would you receive this blessing? And now, my brothers and sisters, may you go and lean into the life that Jesus is offering you today and always. May you let go of whatever He is calling you to let go of, trusting that as you let go, He will catch you. He will lead you. He will bless you. He will save you. He will give you the life that is full and complete. I pray this blessing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Go in His name. Go in His peace. Thank you for joining us online. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to Cross Communities Podcast. We hope you will join us next week.